Hello and welcome to another episode of Beers Per Minute. This one is a fun one because we just got done with the Elvis show, the Elvis tribute artist show, and I have with me Elvis himself. Wait, right, I got paid to be Elvis tonight, so <laughs> I'm, yeah, yes, you can say that. <laughs> so I, I've actually always <clears throat> wondered too, like what, what got you into wanting to be an Elvis tribute artist? Like what, what made you like fancy Elvis? Uh... What made you fancy Elvis? I mean, we gotta get like, gotta bring it back to like the fifties. What made you fancy this person? Um, so growing up, uh, listening to different music, um, Elvis is the one that just struck that chord with me. I really liked uh, his songs, and I got to hear you know the the early fifties stuff uh, right away, but with a, a little mix of some of the movie songs and the 70s stuff too so it wasn't just one era of Elvis mm-hmm. that I that I remember hearing first it was it was a mix um, and then not only hearing the music uh, playing the records whatever being at grandparents house or or just at, at my home um, they were it seemed like I could always find an Elvis movie on TV mm-hmm. um, and that's been more than 20 years ago, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> a lot more than 20 years ago, but, um, yeah, it's just, it was, it was very accessible to me and that's just, I mean, I like a lot of music, uh, but, uh, from the first time I heard it, Elvis was just the one that I could go to for whatever mood I wanted to be in. Hmm. So if I'm already happy, I want to stay happy, listen to Elvis. If I'm sad and want to be happy, I listen to Elvis. Um, you know, I won't listen to Elvis to, to be sad because I, I, I can't be, but I can get invested in the music. Hmm. So that's that's something I have to watch to even when I'm doing my shows. Because um, sometimes you really get into whatever you're singing, right? And and that's uh, you have to you have to stop yourself sometimes from doing that because you won't make it through the song. There was a couple times like I could see you getting like really into it. Yeah, in a couple couple spots. Yeah, so there there's some songs out there that that I really like. Um, you know, a lot of a lot of the guys when we're doing this stuff. Uh, you know, if, if people want it, want in on the secret, we we kind of get tired of singing Heartbreak Hotel and Hound Dog and Jailhouse Rock and uh, all the standards. You know, <clears throat> and 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 that's what the people want to hear. Um, and. Uh, but then there's also there will be the people in the crowd who have a little bit bigger knowledge of of Elvis's music hmm. uh, and stuff like that. So you can sing what other people might consider more obscure, uh, but for the rest of us, it's just another song that Elvis recorded. Yeah. Um, if it, to, and even if so, for us to say something's obscure, that usually means um, Elvis, you know, only did like a line or two. Right. And, but it still counts as him recording it. Interesting. So, so I know I have, um, I, my daughter actually has it, the Elvis Sings, Sings Praises. It's his gospel album or something like that. It's a blue album. I, I forget the ex- just, exact it, name, the, but it's got like a picture of him and like a church chapel on it. Yeah, so it's, well. It's, it's, a, whole, it's a whole gospel it's album. It's like How Great Thou Art or Peace in the Valley. Yeah, yeah. And it's actually, like, that's a good Is it a CD thing? No, it's, this is vinyl. Oh, okay. This is, this is an old vinyl. Is it like vinyl. a two, two, two vinyl? It's a single. 
Okay. Yeah, and it's one of one of Riley's favorites. Oh, really? He's got some good. Well, he's got some good ones on he there. He does well, and his gospel music is the only only music that the um, industry awarded him for. Really? This guy always has three Grammys, and they're all for his gospel music, and two of them are for the same album because it was one was for the album, and for that How Great Thou Art album, and then another Grammy was for How Great Thou Art as a single, and then he's got the other Grammy, too. Oh, interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah, but it's only for his gospel stuff. Weird. And he, all of his other stuff was really good. And, yeah, I mean, he's got, like, well, now it's 31 or 32 number one hits. Wow. Because uh, he, had, he had 30, and then uh, they did uh, a DJ... <clears throat> uh, Remixed, uh, I think it was a little less conversation. That, okay. That ended up going yeah. number one. Yeah, that was. So I think it's thirty-one now. Okay. Um, but Elvis has so many gold record and pl- platinum records that I think the last I I read was you could, if you lay physically laid them end to end on the ground, you could circle the equator twice and then some. Whoa. And so he still uh, a couple of people I think or bands have kind of approached uh, sales uh, compared to what Elvis mm-hmm. continues to do, but they still haven't beat him yet. Wow, that's crazy to think. And you got people like Garth Brooks, who's been a, a <laughs> very popular. Uh, Thunder Rolls. <laughs> but and then you got bands like you know, the Beatles, who, mm-hmm. who looked up to Elvis. Uh, and uh, yeah, just there's some other artists too that have. So they, they were the same era then. Beatles and, and Elvis, or was it well, they, before? N- well, the, the Beatles, uh, so Elvis was first. Okay. Um, and then and when the Beatles started, uh, they were dressing like Elvis. They, well, they were wearing leather jackets. They did their hair like Elvis. 50s, you know, punk Yeah, tour, that, that, that kind of, of thing. Like and, almost like punky, like first punk stuff. Yeah, it was like it was punky, but it was also still that 50s rock and roll hmm. uh, greaser yeah. look. Uh, I, I could pull that off usually. Not not tonight. But. <laughs> greasy and greaser are two different. <laughs> I've moved past the greasy part. Of my... <laughs> uh, but yeah, they they were they really wanted to emulate Elvis like that. Um, but their you know manager and, and producers made them uh, put on suits and do their bowl cuts. Oh, when weird! They, when they came over to the U.S., I did not that know that cut image. Yeah. Hmm. So they you know Beatles really. Were there like in the '60s? So, um, yeah, <clears throat> uh, the Beatles, and also um, Jerry Lee Lewis, mm-hmm. um, around that same time, and that's when Elvis was going into the army. Oh, I didn't know that. So, did his his music start after he was in the army, or was it before that? Elvis's. Yeah. So Elvis, Elvis uh, started in the in the '50s. Okay. Okay. He went he went into the military in in, in like. Uh, what was it, 62? Oh, 60, really? Yeah. So he was already established in the music business yeah. when he did that. Oh, I uh, didn't know that. And he was stationed in Germany. Mm-hmm. Now, one of the things that, that benefited Elvis was uh, his manager, Colonel Parker, had him record some songs before he left. Oh. And uh, so while Elvis was away, he really wasn't away back home musically. Because every so often the colonel would just release another song, and that's really ingenious. Yeah, like that's oh, yeah. very, very good. So he made sure that Elvis was. It was. It was almost like he was not out of out of the states. 
He just wasn't performing live. Right. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. So he was, he, you know, spent his time in, in Germany and um, just doing the army thing. He used to do like one tour, four years or whatever? Uh, I, I forget how long he was over there. Uh, it's been a long night. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's really interesting. I didn't know that he, he actually went in while he was doing his music career. Yeah. So he had the he had two movies about the army or uh well uh, there's GI blues. Uh-huh. That I think is, that's the one I know. Like that's the main okay, one. Okay, yeah. So in that one you can act, you know, you actually see him like driving a tank and mm-hmm. um doing some other stuff like that. Now, in in some of the other films, um he's not necessarily in the army, mm-hmm. but he's some branch of the military, but they don't focus so much on the military aspect. It's just him in in a military uniform. Right. And they're like, "Oh, he's either on leave or or now he's home. Um, uh, Blue Hawaii is a very popular, well, like, probably one, one of probably two most popular films. Of. That and Viva Las Vegas are the two big films everybody knows. Mm-hmm. Um, but Blue Hawaii, um, yeah, he would just come home from the army. Um, Angela Lansbury, who was actually uh, close to the same age as Elvis, played his mom in that film. Really? And one of the funny things in there was her character kept saying, Oh, Daddy, I'm so glad my, my, our son's home from the war. And the dad was like, There was no war. <laughs> <laughs> but if I don't tell myself that, I just feel like he was over there for nothing. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so there, a lot of, you know, there, was, there was definitely that military element. And I think that was a very good thing for, for Elvis and his career. Uh, mm-hmm. and his manager really wanted him to do that when, when he got drafted. I'm sure they could have gotten out of it oh, because yeah. of his celebrity status. Yeah. But, you know, they, he wanted to make sure that it was known that, you know, Elvis, not, not in a nationalistic way, mm-hmm. but just was uh, here for his country. And, yeah. and just like anybody else, even though he wasn't just like anybody else. Exactly. Yeah, he was he was at like this <laughs> tier of status. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he was already, you know, he was already went by one name. Yeah. And uh private so. Elvis. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think they gave him that or, or did they cut <laughs> him some slack or no? <laughs> <laughs> I ain't gonna wear no Presley. It's Elvis. <laughs> Oh, what is that going to do? <laughs> but, uh, it's, it's cool. I've, there's, you know, recordings. Um, and they would just have house parties over in Germany. And, uh, you know, Elvis and other friends just sitting at the piano. And I, I know there's, uh, they started singing Earth Angel oh, and cool. doing some different stuff like that. And, and then that's where he met his wife. Oh, really? Um, um, and, and then there's that whole story, but <laughs> <coughs> yeah, but it was it's always an interesting time to, especially the way his manager marketed yeah. uh, him, him being gone and kept him relevant because there was a I mean you got the Beatles coming in and Jerry Lee Lewis was taking and you he know, was music crazy by storm too like his live shows were like some right. of the and, craziest and then then he just destroyed himself mm-hmm. uh, Jerry Lee did oh uh, yeah. Um, but, I have one uh, of his live albums. It's really good, mm-hmm. but you can you can tell there's a there's a spot in his music where it's like, well, you can't go down here, hill, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> but now that's that's somebody like every now and again when I see him pop up, I'm, it's cool to see them. Yeah. Um, even though he can't can't quite do all the stuff <laughs> he used to. Did Did you see the 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 world 
together apart, like right, right after the pandemic first started. It was like Jimmy and uh, oh, not Colbert and uh, Kimmel. They all did like a late night like thing together. where they, they had a whole bunch of like musicians tying in. Oh, it was a huge thing. I don't know if thing. I saw that. I don't know if I watched that. It, it was really good. But there was one point where um, uh, Elton John gave a performance and it, it was not great. Where even, <laughs> it was to the point where he was saying, uh, I'm still standing, mm -hmm. but you was, it was not legible. You got into the chorus and, rap, rap, dad, like, awful. Like, even Jimmy Carr was like, well, and this, is, this year we had this thing where our national treasure had a stroke on television, on worldwide television. <laughs> I love Jimmy it was, Carr. It was so bad. Like, me, me and Bob were like, oh my, oh, why? Don't, no, cut it, stop, stop. <laughs> Because you couldn't understand him at all. Like, it, you could do the music, but yeah. the words weren't there. <laughs> wow. <laughs> you know, Elvis didn't, like, when he, like, stopped making music, he was still legible and was able to put that stuff yeah, out. Yeah, um, I mean, there there were some moments in, toward the end of his, his life there that, <clears throat> um, and, and you can see some of it from video. Mm -hmm. Um where he, he probably shouldn't have been out on stage. Uh, he was just in, in such a poor condition, health-wise. Mm -hmm. um, very bloated. Yeah. Um, you know, he was only about 250 pounds, and which... That's not that. It wasn't really that big. People act like he was like 600 pounds, and... Yeah, no, he you know, just... It just, just wasn't that. Uh, just, uh, uh, so, he, he, with... Uh, Sorry, I'm tired. You're right. <laughs> <coughs> uh, Power yeah, of editing. With, with, yeah. <laughs> with him, uh, you know, powering through like that, uh, he really, what impressed me most is that he still had his voice. Did he? Um, just doing these power songs like Hurt and Unchained Melody. And um, even, or he'd throw it back and... On, on that rare occasion and do something from the 50s, like a, there's a song called Trying to Get to You that, it, that his dad really liked. And he didn't do it too often uh, la later on, but um, you know, he could really do these powerful, very operatic songs. And, <clears throat> and you can see that evolution in, in his career because you've got the 50s, which is more, you know, he's that teenager, that bubblegum music. Uh, very like fast and just kind of loud. Yeah, very like... fast. I mean, there's some the the ballads too, like "Love Me Tender" and right and uh, and "Are You Lonesome Tonight" and stuff like that. Uh, but just very and and then even in the '60s, you still got that good mix of stuff. Um, you got the singles that he did, and and then the movie songs. Mm. Um, and but you can see that the evolution because he was you know and he and he was getting older, and. Uh, but I mean, he was only 42 when he passed, so he was oh, not an okay. old guy. Yeah, yeah, he wasn't really. Um, and but by by his his early 40s, and being in the 70s, and you know, being the jumpsuit and all that, um, yeah, his voice just got so much richer and stronger. And he he may not have looked the best that that last year and a half, but. Uh, Man, he could still sing. His voice was still yeah. there. And he, and, That's and, awesome. And depending on what the songs were, you know, some t he would forget words sometimes. Um, but Elvis also liked to have fun on stage. And 
and maybe whatever the joke he was making wasn't even that funny, mm-hmm. but it was just the situation of it. He he would joke for the sake of joking. Yeah. Uh, so it wasn't necessarily telling a joke or doing something that funny, but it was just wanted to have fun on stage. Mm-hmm. He would just smile and laugh just because. And 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 the, all the band members and stuff would would do that in return. So it created this good vibe on stage. Mm-hmm. Um, so if if he did mess up, instead of just going, you know, oh I'm so sorry, I'm sorry you see me like this, or I'm sorry I'm doing, he would just roll with it and, and make a joke out of it. Yeah. You know, he get a little tongue tied. Um, and you, you uh, there's there's video of this from uh, the the last show that he did. Well, they took two or three. Uh, shows uh, like Market Square Arena and 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 uh, uh, oh I can't think of the other place, but it's in like West Virginia, Huntington, Huntington West Virginia. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they took the, those and then combined to make the video for the the final show that they aired on on television. Oh, cool. <clears throat> um, I actually have the video, uh, all three videos. Each for, performance. Each for show. Oh, yeah. Cool. Um, so you can compare like what they yeah, picked and yeah. used, um, chose, and uh, <laughs> it's late. It's late. <laughs> uh, but you can, it's that time of night. <laughs> you uh, you know you can see uh, where he would like get tongue tied like during Are You Lonesome Tonight. So he did get a little tongue tied, and then if he if he forgot the words at the same time too, you couldn't really tell. But he'd stumble over himself and just ends up going plus tax. Yeah. And so he, he was able to roll with it, make a joke, and, and the crowd still loved that. Um, ah. It's just part of the magic of, of uh, watching an entertainer. And it's because it was him. It wasn't because of what he was doing. Right. Because Elvis himself was a persona. Like, right, he was There was an life. air about it, and there was, he had his costumes, he had mm-hmm. his whole thing that he did on stage and like well there's such a cool evolution just to the costuming alone oh yeah when i mean in the 50s elvis was all you know he's always been about flash mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> bye i'll enjoy my jump jam- my jamba juice tomorrow i'll i'll try to i'll get a, i'll take a photo and send it to you you better put my sticker on something cool <laughs> uh <clears throat> but in the fifties, you know, wearing pink and black and yeah, that wasn't and just no, looking like that wasn't no. The guys didn't mm-hmm. dress like that. No, you and, <laughs> flashy boy, <laughs> right? <coughs> um, and then you know, uh, his manager putting him in a gold lame outfit, and which he didn't wear that much because he he'd dance and there'd be thousands of dollars left in gold dust on the stage. Oh yeah, because back then it was like the real. Yeah, stuff. it was the real deal. Um, and guys up there sweeping it right. <laughs> yeah. you get every uh, inch of the stage but and then getting into the 60s you know we, he might have been doing you know been in the military or uh, away from whatever and he got into he was doing the movies then um, which he didn't really enjoy a lot of but oh really he didn't he, huh. no um, it was just kind of like just, that's the way he, well, got, he, he, he was very money. interested in being an actor mm. um and and he really appreciated what actors could could do, and uh, he wa- <laughs> he wanted to do, to do serious acting, hmm. and um, his first film um, was a western. It was originally titled The Reno Brothers, hmm. and but once they realized 
that Elvis was going to be in the film, they're like, oh, well, he has to sing in it. So we're oh. going to put this. So they renamed the film Love Me Tender, put that song in it, uh-huh. and we're playing off all of that. Um, so you weren't quite at that, that, the formula they fell into later on where it became the musical comedies. Because mm-hmm. um, this was a serious film. Uh, and his mom actually would not watch that film uh, after the first viewing because uh, his character dies in it. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, but you do have that, you have that transition in, into, into the films where they just became the musical comedies. Um, and it was all about him singing and everything. Right. It was, yeah. It wasn't about him actually being a good actor. It was, oh, right. we're going to have Elvis sing. Yep. Right. It was just a musical comedy. And, hmm. but, and the thing was, is people were paying money to go see those films. Yeah. And they were, they were making money. So well, they, they were good. Yeah. They were. And he was contractually obligated to do those. So he had to fulfill it. And Elvis's word meant something. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he, he worked on a handshake with his manager. Really? And oh, never, I didn't know that. Never, fi- you know, never fired him. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I mean, it, it, there were contracts later, but yeah, the like initial the, the guy that he just, started with was the guy that he, he shook his hand with. And, and that, that, that meant something. Yeah. Especially and, back then. Yeah. That was oh, a yeah. Big thing. Um, but uh, once you get into like 1968, when they do the comeback special, well, everybody knows it's it's the Singer special because Singer Sewing Machines was a sponsor. Ah, um, okay. You know, no, nobody back then. It wasn't called the comeback special. It was mm-hmm. the Singer special. Uh, it was supposed to be a Christmas special. That's what his manager wanted. Oh. And then the producer had different ideas. So they did one Christmas song. They did Blue Christmas. Okay. <laughs> and that was it. <laughs> right. But that's, that's when Elvis, you know, you, you see him in that black leather outfit. Yeah. And um, his, his career had died down from the movies and, and things like that. And he just wasn't as popular as he was before. Mm-hmm. Um, but after that special came out, it just skyrocketed him back into that limelight. Hmm. Um, and then... In 69, he started playing. He was supposed to go on a world tour. Mm -hmm. Uh, His manager did not follow through with that because he was here illegally and couldn't go with him and knew that if he did, he wouldn't be probably coming back to the States. And it was supposed to be his big tour. Mm -hmm. Elvis had only been outside the U.S. like in the 50s. He went and sang some in Canada. Mm -hmm. And then that was it. Even in the military, he didn't go out of state? that N- not for musical performances oh okay for, mu- for musical performances okay. yeah not as not as a performer i mean obviously i mean in the military he was stationed in germany um, oh right yeah, you're, you're yeah. That. and he did either vacation uh, but just like for he, the actual music for stuff, his career he didn't right go out right no two years outside okay. the u.s um and then uh so in 69 he started playing vegas and then that's and he was wearing like these two-piece suits that were just black mm-hmm. and it was more like a karate gi because he wanted something that he could move around in and stuff like that and he was so like he was sleek like a cat during that time yeah <clears throat> and he was just all over the stage and just you know he he was one of the ones that did work the stage like yeah he was all about crowd work right and um which the, you know then that's something i try to put into my own act mm-hmm. i i try to use the stage and and Go out into the crowd because um, unless I'm at a competition down south, 
<laughs> or some or some other place where there's that group of people that knows I'm here to to recreate mm-hmm. not just me but them too. Right. Um, that come come up to the because you would most of the time you could go up to the stage when Elvis was performing. Yeah. You couldn't always. Sometimes there was a barrier, but a lot of times you could come up. And when I'm at a competition like back in Memphis. Um, and it, if it's competition specifically, there's usually, you know, you pick only one song to do any scarf stuff if you're doing a 70s Elvis. Right. And, but they know that when they see that, they, they will come up to the stage and they will, you know, you can give them they'll a... They'll have the crowd interaction. Yeah. And you can, yeah. you can hand them a scarf. Um, or they, they might hand you a, a rose as a, you know. Oh, really? Giver. Yeah. Um, oh, that's pretty cool. Or, or whatever. Um, but, uh, you know, a lot of the crowds don't, you know, they, they usually stay where they're at. Mm-hmm. So I kind of have to go out into the crowd to get more of that audience interaction. Especially if it's a seated event. Right. <clears throat> yeah. And like with the competition stuff, that is more for the, the general admission. Like they want to have, encourage yeah. that of, right. this is, we're trying to recreate a mm-hmm. Elvis performance. Right. So get into it. Yeah. Be there. Because you look at the old videos of like them, him and the Beatles and things like that. Mm-hmm. Those crowds were like the mosh pits that we have nowadays, which is crazy. Yeah. Like watching that kind of music get that reaction is like mind blowing to me. I'm like, I, why? Mm-hmm. <laughs> that ain't something to yell and scream about, start throwing fists. <laughs> but at that point, that was it. Yeah. That was the music. And it did have that impact and that emotion to it. Because, you know, being being a musician, too, like, I can, I appreciate all of the different styles that everybody does. Because, I mean, Elvis kind of went up and down with right. a bunch of different stuff. Right. But pretty much every song I can appreciate, even though I don't like it, mm-hmm. I can appreciate everything behind it because he does have the, the passion for it. It wasn't just like, oh, my record label's making me make this song. Right. It was, I want to do this song. Mm-hmm. And you can tell in his voice. Well, and that was the good thing, too, was... Elvis had a lot of control and, and, and more control even as, as time went on. Um, he chose what he sang. Oh, cool. And um, now, and he didn't write a lot. Elvis did write Love Me Tender. Mm-hmm. Um, he co-wrote Don't Be Cruel. Oh. Uh, and, he, and he helped with a couple other songs, too. He just didn't care for it. Um, now, just the writing aspect, right? Okay. Uh, you will find uh, many other songs. They have his name on it, mm-hmm. but that's only because he, he not as a songwriter, but they're his arrangements. Um, but he, but he also owned the songs. Yeah. Um, his manager tr- wanted to get the rights to have Elvis record Dolly Parton's "I Will Always Love You." Dolly was ecstatic. I would love Elvis to record my song. Mm-hmm. But uh, Parker was like, well, I want to buy the song. Oh. And Dolly wouldn't sell it, mm-hmm. which was smart. That Very. was a good thing to do. Um, you know, that many people have recorded that and gotten permission to do it. And Dolly loves it when, when other artists cover her stuff. And But it's still Dolly's song. That's hers, yeah. You know, um, had they bought it, then it would have become an Elvis Thing. It would have been, yeah, Elvis' song performed by Dolly Parton. Right. Like, yeah, that, man. Yeah. Um, 
there, there's a lot of those weird little things like that that you don't think about in the music mm-hmm. industry of owning a song or letting somebody use it or like the whole copyright stuff too. Like that's a, such a big black hole right. that I don't understand. Yeah, <laughs> it gets very intricate. Uh, you know, having the rights to something can mean that you own it or it just means you have the right to use it in a certain way. Um, it's like no. NFTs. Does anybody fully understand NFTs? No, no <laughs> nobody understands NFTs. I can tell you that right now. But even the guy who created NFTs does not know what NFTs are. <laughs> um, I forgot what I was going to say. Talk about copyrights and stuff. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, nope, it's gone. <laughs> <laughs> I almost had it, but oh, it left. It's close. We were talking about Dolly, Dolly and her keeping her... Right, keeping yeah, and doing, yeah, doing the, the rights and own, whether you own it or mm-hmm. whether you just... Oh, now I remember what I was going to say. There it is. <laughs> um, even when it comes to uh, like the tracks that I use yeah. for my show, I can, do, I can use my, these tracks and I can do as many shows as I want. Uh, I don't have to pay any royalties mm-hmm. uh, for that. I would have to pay royalties if I use these tracks in advertising. Yes. Make sure um, I monetize it. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, which, so there are, are uh, things like that for the companies making the tracks as well because they can license their tracks as a karaoke track mm. or I forget what the other term is, you know, just as if it's a, just, I guess, backing track, backing like track that, yeah. I guess. Um, but you have two different, at least two uh, different options of licensing, and you just got to choose which one's going to work best for you. Um, now, the tracks I use, um, I do not call them karaoke tracks, and mm-hmm. I, don't re- I, will, I don't refer to them uh, as karaoke tracks. Um, a lot of the, these are just get better and better. Mm-hmm. And and I had mentioned to you earlier uh, uh, about getting some tracks now out of a company in Canada yeah. that are they're on this album five now I think they that I'm waiting on to to receive really? in the mail and they're recreating these things note for note um, they even have some of the original people that played with Elvis on some of these songs oh, that's so, cool. so uh, uh, you know, like one of Elvis's trumpet players uh, is on some songs. Um, uh, the guy that, uh, uh, um, see, I think Walt Johnson is the trumpet player's name. Um, Glenn D. Harden was uh, Elvis's pianist, uh, and he's on interesting name three or four. Right? <laughs> 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 yeah, it was on like three or four songs, and uh, you know, still they're like, okay, now. They're they're listening to the original uh, recordings and like here's what we're recreating and, and I mean really getting intricate and breaking the, breaking it down so not only having to hear but putting it on the computer and looking at the 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 algorithm that you know, comes out from the oh music. yeah all, all your different waveforms and stuff yeah that, that you got to get it just right if yeah you're, if um, you are trying to get that close to the mm-hmm. original. There's a lot of work to go yeah, through. Yeah, and they—they, they, I mean, painstakingly uh, looking and and uh, at it and and listening, and like, oh, I think the background vocals kind of went up a little bit right here, and somebody mm. else might be like, "Are you sure?" Because I think it was like here and here, and then they're like, "Oh, no, 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 you're right. It's da 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 da," you know. Yeah. And um, 
getting, you know, and recording all the parts for it. Huh. And uh, the the guy, what well, the the main guy from it, the husband of the husband and wife uh, that that creates these tracks, he he's a drummer, and he does other stuff too. But um, he looks at what Elvis's drummer Ronnie Tut was using at that time, the brand of drum, what color the drum kit was. Uh, I mean, because that, that's taking something off that's very, the, like, it. To, thank you. See you later. <laughs> um, and taking off. Was that? <laughs> uh, you know, what, what, he might have put a different skin on, on, on the drums to yeah. get a different sound. And what, you know, what drumsticks are using. Well, and the, the color of it, too, depends on what era that one was made in, what right. year that was made in sometimes. Uh, there's at least one occasion I know of where uh, Elvis's drummer had something specially made. Ooh. So that became kind of a pain, I guess, trying to track the stuff down and trying to get this that particular... exact sound. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> and I th- and I think he's got most of of what he's tried to look for, um, but that's the kind of detail they're putting into these tracks. And when I hear, uh, you can go like on YouTube mm-hmm. and and uh, and they're called EP Project, by the way. EP uh, Project, check them out. You can go on on YouTube and they will uh, play uh, the original track and then let it bleed into their stuff. And then you'll hear the original again, and just kind of just like show you how close they're getting. Yes. Oh, that's cool. yeah. It's usually and like sometimes no when sometimes. I'm listening to that, I don't really notice the di- no. I know the difference only because the, the, there's no vocals from ah. you know for the Elvis part. Right. The background singers are all there. The music's there, but and so I sometimes I only know because. I'm like, oh, this is their track because there's no Elvis singing. Oh. But then it'll come back in, and you can see where it's like almost seamless, and it's just, it's it's so close. Um, it's it's those songs like now most of, uh, and they and they've only they've done only the the '70s stuff. Mm-hmm. So, and there are some duplicate songs like um, "Can't Help Falling in Love" and. Uh, yes, yeah. <laughs> and this is where we take a break. Careful, don't strain it. Right. <laughs> That'll be the point you hurt yourself. Stepped up on stage. Oh, gotta, God. Gotta be careful about that after a show. <laughs> it's like you're, you're in those boots and stuff, and while it's going on, usually you're okay. You're, you're feeling it, and then after you get out and you change, and then you're, you sit for a minute, and you're like, oh, no. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I've done too much. <laughs> <laughs> that last number was just a little too, 30 seconds right. too long. <laughs> um, oh, yeah, we were talking about tracks and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that, that group is just amazing. Um, and there's, there's been some other companies that have, that have uh, made some stuff that sounded really good and it's been really close. Um, but it just adds so much more authenticity to the to a show. Yeah. And, you know, because we all can't have bands back here. And, right. Um, and that's what's nice about competition sometimes is um, a lot of time, you know, like if it's a pre- preliminary rounds, uh, we are singing with tracks. Mm-hmm. But by the finals of a competition, 
Thank you. Um, we uh, would get to sing with a live band. That's really cool. And, and there's nothing better than having a live band behind you. Right. Um, so in <laughs> I haven't so, heard that in a while. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I've gotten to sing with a couple of different uh, tribute bands mm -hmm. uh, that are specifically Elvis tribute bands. Uh, so they, you know, they're paying attention to stuff and they can break down like, oh, this is the 1969 version of, of uh, Johnny Be Good or, oh, okay. uh, you know, or it's the 77 version. Because they uh, change it up just a little bit. Right. add something or they take away something or something like that. Right. Yeah. Okay. And, um, uh, so, and too, like if you're doing like a 1969 set, some of the songs have a lot more drive in them. They do. Um, yeah, and then if you get into the '70s, they they tend to slow down, but it just depends on what it is, really. Mm -hmm. um, uh, so yeah, the uh, getting to sing with a live band uh, is cool, uh, if, as long as you're familiar with them. Because sometimes, I mean, the tracks we're used to, they play the same every time, and and we know uh, they're not going to hold that that note just a little longer or. Mm -hmm. Whatever, so we know what we're supposed to sing. Not throw a squeal in there just because. Right. Uh, <laughs> so there are there are times when singing the live band uh, is a little scary uh, if you're not that familiar with them or haven't got to sing with them before. Mm. You um, guys usually get to practice beforehand or with them or not? No, not really. Because oh, uh, I mean, they're in a competition setting. They're per they're going to do what they need to do. You know, they're mm. going to play it the way it was played. Right. Um, but uh, sometimes you can hear their uh, music before uh, you might, uh, well, like one band has had, a, I, I haven't been on the website in a long time, but they had samples of their music. Oh, cool. And uh, some of it you could even purchase. Just so you can kind of get the feel of it. And right. I mean, just like what you're so just like the other tracks, you know, they, they, they would just record these and, um, and then you could buy them, use them in your shows and stuff. Yeah. Um, but not not to the detail that like EP Project is doing. Yeah, they seems like they're doing like real deep and uh, yeah. getting it as uh, close as possible yeah. to the original. Um, I could not fathom anybody attempting to be more detailed than than what they've done because it's so detailed. Well, I noticed that the tracks you have from their their songs were very high quality, mm -hmm. and you can tell the difference between one that's good and like one that's like. Right. Well, this is a this is a cover, but it's not. Right. The bass isn't there. The you know the drum isn't quite as heavy, or yeah. something's just off a little bit. Mm -hmm. But then that also stops it, so you don't have to pay royalties for it because now it's not the exact same song. Right. It's just a little different. <laughs> right. <laughs> yep. Yeah. That's that's another thing too with the the cheaper tracks, mm -hmm. um, or the more comp. Not necessarily cheaper. I, I call those ones the Casio tracks. Right. <laughs> I remember those little 16 key. Do, 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 do. There's nothing worse than a song that comes out on the radio, but it sounds like you just pushed the demo version on one of those old keyboards. I'm like, oh my God, get that out of here. I can't. With that stupid bass and that, you can tell. Nope. Yeah. <laughs> but yours, yours are always really good. And yeah, tonight's show was, was awesome. You did good. Very, very good. Like. It's been a while since I've seen you perform too. Yeah, and yeah. you did well. We had little adjustments we had to make, oh, but yeah. then I noticed that too. It was from song to song too. Right. Because you had the ones that were the super high quality ones, but then right. the one next one would be just 
a little bit lower, so I turned up or whatever. Yeah, yeah. But other than that, like it was, it was awesome. Good. Yeah, that uh, it felt really good tonight. Um, I haven't uh, done a show since uh, December. Oh wow. Yeah. Um, just uh, you know, I mean, e- even now people are finally getting back into the swing of doing things, mm-hmm. um, and and places are finally. You know, holding events. <laughs> yeah, <clears throat> um, and it's just uh, things are calming down a little bit. I, you know, it's 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 been a long couple years mm. or three, <laughs> 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 and and people are finally ready. They're 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 wanting to go back out again, and mm-hmm. um, uh, and and El- it's funny. You know, uh, Elvis is still a draw. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it has its place. Um, just like a lot of other I mean, people that are doing music right now, um, everybody's got their niche, and um, I was I was really glad we had a full full room in here tonight. Um, we probably had about fifty people in here. I th- yeah, I think so. About Something that, like yeah. that. Um, I know the last time I looked at ticket sales, it was like forty six. I think was the the number, uh, but we had a couple uh, additions. Stragglers. Yeah. <laughs> um, and there, I noticed there was a couple people standing in the back too. Yeah, yeah. Which that was that's cool. Like getting oh, yeah. getting to where people just come in and just stand there. Like, that, yeah, that's something. Oh yeah, and they stuck around for the whole thing, or mm-hmm. uh, you know. So <clears throat> that's that's good. We we had a similar deal. Uh, I don't remember if you ran sound for that show or not, but it was at the brewery in Raymond. Yes, I did that one. I and, won a flamingo shirt for that. And, one. Well, you did one of them. I didn't do I've, the, I've done like three shows I, I couldn't down do there. the Christmas one you did. I right. wasn't available for that that last one. The last one you did in Raymond. I wasn't available for right. that one. It was the one before but there was, that I did. Well, I think it was like two. There were two shows before. I think you did the first one. That might have been, yeah. Because um, we did. I've done like two Christmas shows. Okay. And at least one regular set. One variety, yeah. Okay. And I think you were there for the first one. I think, yeah, it was the first one, I believe. Yeah. Um that was the one that was standing room only. Yeah, that one, uh, we that one was really we good. We didn't do a ticketed event. Um, I mean, it was a paid gig for me, so... Uh, that, that one was good, because that, that was where the, you got some old granny panties flung right. up at you. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you would have seen some tonight. I know, I missed that. You would have that seen would have been some great. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, hopefully uh, next time we do, do a show, um, whether it's here or somewhere else, they'll, they'll be able to attend. That. That will, you had the one fan right in the front, and I recognized her, and I knew, like, she was locked on to you the whole, like, as soon as you started. Like, that, you could tell she had a passion for it. Like, she probably had saw him when he was, you know, when she was a teenager. And so, and the way that you performed, you could see it in her, that, like, it made her think of, like, that, like, the original mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah. And that's really cool to see, too, of... Because it shows, you know, your talent too of how well you do, that it makes them remi- it reminds them of that exact performance, or mm-hmm. like brings those memories back up to them. Right, and that's that's one of the best things about doing this kind of a show, is, I mean, you, you get all ages now, mm-hmm. and there's you've got yeah, that little guy that was really right. Oh yeah, got to start him young. <laughs> uh, you know, you get the the little kids who you know they they like all the fast songs mm-hmm. and. But uh, you, 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 even though there's that mix, you still have that crowd that grew up with Elvis or, uh, 
you know, or eventually came into Elvis uh, and his music. And um, every, most people that come to this show have an Elvis story. Mm-hmm. Um, they saw Elvis um, or, you know, their cousin knew Elvis <laughs> or some, some sort of thing. Um, and even if they aren't necessarily a, a huge Elvis fan, it brings back memories of other family members. Their, their mom was a huge Elvis fan. Or sometimes it's the dad, mm-hmm. you know. They're like, oh, you know, my dad used to li- play Elvis all the time. And, and, and he, just, he happened to pass away a few years ago. And, and, you know, I was at the show and I just thought of stuff I hadn't thought about in, in a long time. And, you know, that's, that's part, that has become part of why I do this. Because you, you, it's it's not just saying watch me mm-hmm. and uh, or you know and and acting crazy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's 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 spreading uh, that that joy that people get from from reliving that that stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, I mean, it, it, same for me. I mean, I've I've got some songs that every now and again will be like. Oh wow, that just made me think of uh, being on whatever trip with grandma and grandpa, right? <laughs> um, or just sitting in their living room playing the the forty fives or or the the LPs on mm-hmm. the old scratchy record player and like bacon and eggs, <laughs> right? <clears throat> and uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, one of the best reactions that I that I still. Th- I immediately think of it. Um, I did a show at a nursing home, mm-hmm. and um, there was a lady. I, I, for, I can't remember exactly why I was at the nursing home, but I remember I happened to see somebody else that was a resident there and went, oh, yeah, she's here. And it was a customer that used to come in when I was working at the diner many years oh, ago. okay. And I always loved to see her and her husband when they came in. And... I saw her, and she was super excited. She's like, what are you doing here? And um, and I immediately, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go talk to them right now and see if I can do a show here for you. So I went and talked to them, and they immediately like, well, were like, well, yeah. Do it. <laughs> you know, I didn't, I didn't charge them anything. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to come do a show for the residents. Yeah. And, and mostly for, for the, the lady that I knew. Um, so I was doing the show, and the lady that I knew was there and all that but what really got me about that show was they they wheeled in this this one lady um i I don't know how old she was but um i'm sure that her declined health made her look even older than she Mm -hmm. truly was um and even though she was in a motorized wheelchair they still had to push her in Mm -hmm. um she was you know legs were kind of crossed over at the ankles even her hands were kind of crossed over by the wrists her head was to the side and she would only look down and she did not move at all made no sounds nothing and after about the second song that i was doing after she had come into the room um i had noticed her foot starting to go up and down just just at just moving at the ankle and uh then pretty soon uh her her hand it was like i think it was her left foot because it was her also her left hand that started 
started moving a little bit, and then pretty soon her head turns and she was looking right at me. And um, after the show, uh, I didn't get to talk to her, mm-hmm. but the, the the staff had come up to me, and I forget how long the lady had been there, but they had said that in all the time that this lady had been there, they had never seen that kind of movement and that kind of activity from her. Uh, but it was that music. Wow. Um, so obviously it was it was her era. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it meant something to her. Right. That, that hit an, yeah, a specific yeah, yeah, nerve it with her. And, and, uh, something in her. And, and she you could see the life uh, in, so in, her, cool. in her eyes again. <laughs> but it's but it was also the same show where uh, somebody uh, 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 a lady that I knew who was a resident there, whose daughter was also there with her, and <laughs> says, uh, "I had just gotten through singing Blue Hawaii." She turns to a daughter and says, "When's he gonna sing Blue Hawaii?" <laughs> and she goes, "He just did, Mom." And she goes, "He did. Well, it sure didn't sound like it." <laughs> I love those memories too. It's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, that's great. Do you, so you, I get I get both reactions. You know, you get the tender moments, and then you get the just the ones that right. just really stick with you. But <laughs> <laughs> that's so cool. Oh. <laughs> but yeah, those are always a great time. But you know, like I said, every time I do this. I, I get at least one Elvis story. I usually get more, mm-hmm. but a, a, a performance doesn't go by where I don't get at least one Elvis story. Um, but everybody usually always shares some memory, mm-hmm. um, whether it was their own or like, oh, I remember being a kid and watching Elvis on TV, and I was so in love, and uh, and that was in the seven, you know, when the kid was, yeah. was in the seventies, uh, not the the older ones who were. Uh, teenagers in the 50s and going goo-goo over Elvis and right. getting in tr- their minds. Yeah, and getting in trouble for it. Um, I There was a guy that told me that to this day, he still doesn't talk to an old girlfriend. And, you know, he, I mean, this was a long time ago. He's, mm-hmm. he's you know, they broke up and, and he got married later and whatever, whatever, and it's been many years. But even now they still like, oh, hey. You know, that's that's about all they say to each other because when when they were uh, kids and dating, uh, they were watching Love Me Tender, and when Elvis char- Elvis's character dies in it, mm-hmm. she was in tears and he was laughing. Oh God! And she broke up with him over that, and and that that stuck. And wow! <laughs> Talk about holding on to a grudge, right? <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> Some of the other the other uh, things that I um, when it comes to to breaking down barriers that people have, mm-hmm. um, and it's it's usually the men because mm-hmm. um, they didn't like Elvis, right? Or or they do like Elvis, but they instantly see someone like me who's doing a tribute show, and even though I'm trying to recreate. Mm. And 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 sound as much like like Elvis as I can, um, and 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 you know being in the authentic stage wear and whatnot, um, they they automatically get a little bit of an attitude and go, oh, this guy thinks he's Elvis. Oh, you know. So 
But by the time my show is done and they hear how I talk about Elvis, and I don't, I don't refer to myself as Elvis. Yeah. Uh, you know, come on, like, it's me, baby. Right, <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but once they see the respect that I give to it, and, yeah, I'm trying to recreate this illusion for you mm-hmm. and, and, and do this, uh, by the end of it, they usually want to come up and shake my hand and uh, tell me that they, they enjoyed the performance and uh, that they would, they would come see me again. And that shows the distinction between you're not a uh, your tribute artist and not an impersonator. Right. Because I mean, an impersonator is trying to be that person. Yeah. You're impersonating I, that. Yeah. And, 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 and I, do, I do like that distinction. Um, and it I, shows, I used to in, in your performance against others, too, because others, like, they are trying to be him. And right. Even in their normal banter during songs, it, like, between songs, it's... Right. And I, and I will still, you know, I'm just not completely in my normal voice. I will... Because I'm in that mode. Right, yeah. You know, I'm still... Because it's, it's part of... You don't want to completely destroy the, the, the persona. And my next song is going to be... Right. <laughs> and then go back right, right down to the... Yeah. So you, <laughs> you, you still want that element there. Um, but that's the other thing, too, is you don't have to try that. I think impersonators try too hard sometimes. Mm. Um, you don't have to try that hard because if you're doing your job, Elvis is going to be there for you. Yeah. You know, uh, and because I'm, I'm doing stuff. And now even though it, it's, it's more natural for me now to, from like mannerisms and things like that, mm-hmm. and I don't think about it. I just naturally am holding my hands a certain way or curling my lip, you know, or, and you don't have to constantly overdo that the lip curl. Yeah. Constantly. yeah. I, it's, it's how I am. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> um, you know, you might... he didn't do that very often, like, really. It was, well, that was more of a 50s thing. Yeah. You know, he would intentionally curl his lip because he thought it would look cool. But and, it even wasn't, like, yeah, a and, huge thing. And did. then he, and then, like, in the, in the 68 comeback special, you know, he even made fun of it. They're sitting down and getting ready to go into a song, and he's like, wait a minute, wait a minute, man. Something's wrong with my lip. <laughs> you know? That's funny. And, and they're kind of laughing. He's like, I did 28 pictures like that, baby. And <laughs> That's pretty funny. <laughs> that shows a good sense of humor. Yeah, you know, but it, that stuck. So it became a thing. Like, so when you mention Elvis, people know sideburns. They know, you know, blue suede shoes, and, and they know the, the lip curl. And they think of hound dogs. And, That's it. Right, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, a lot of times they expect a, a, a pompadour mm-hmm. uh, for a hairstyle. Now, that's a 50s thing. Yep. Uh, I used to do that with my hair. Yeah. Uh, I could pull it off, too. <laughs> so it's uh, all that stuff coming together is very interesting when people are watching. And you get to uh, dismiss some of the negativity mm-hmm. that they, they might have toward people. Uh, and it's not a personal thing. It's just toward people who, you know, in general, uh, performers like that, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, no. Impersonators, in, in, like, in their opinion of what an impersonator is. Yeah. Then that's what they go off of. But then once right. they see the distinction, then they know, like, oh. Yeah. Because to me, when you say, oh, I do impersonations, that usually refers to a, a comedic act. Yes. So, like, Sammy Davis Jr. defined an impersonator as... Uh, someone who takes the most character, characteristically recognizable aspects of a person and over-exaggerates them. 
And when you do that, it becomes a comedy act. And that makes, yeah, that you know, makes so, if I'm so gonna much go sense see, saying that too. Yeah. Um, like, um, well, I, I'll usually call them impressionists because mm. that doesn't, and usually those are funny too. <clears throat> but if you say, oh, you know, celebrity impersonator, da-da-da, mm. I'm expecting a comedy act most of the time. Yeah. And, and that's fine. I'm going in for that. And I know that's what they're doing. And um, so when I see some, like, I say, you know, Elvis, Elvis impersonator Joe Blow, uh, mm. I will usually avoid that. Yeah. I won't go. But if I see Elvis tribute artist, whoever, mm. um, I'm more apt to buy a ticket for that person. And, um, and, and I, will, I will go watch those. Yeah. Um, now, just because impersonator might be in the company name mm. won't stop me from saying something. Because I understand what they're they're trying to tell me what the show is, mm-hmm. um, but it's also the setting and and usually you can see what some of the material is. Yeah, I'll, I'll like sometimes like obvious. This is going to be more of like a jokey. This guy is just trying right. to be like nichey. Yeah, but if it's if they're promoting like a musical review, mm-hmm. and you know, well, that, but you also have to watch when you do see like tribute show. Mm-hmm. Um, Sometimes that can just be somebody singing the songs of a certain artist. Right. They're not doing an impersonation. Um, mm-hmm. uh, or they're not trying to, you know, do, do, like, I, do like I do and, and, and try to recreate uh, stuff. They're just singing those artists or that band's songs. Mm-hmm. And it's still a tribute act. Right. Um, which, that's another, that kind of ties back into the rights thing is you... You have to distinguish yourself as a tribute act. Mm-hmm. So um, that gray area comes in when you get like uh, one of the old, you know, Motown groups like the, uh, or, you know, the Temptations or the Platters or mm-hmm. whoever. And I mean, these days, wind fire. <laughs> right? Um, you know, you don't have all the original members anymore. No. And for a long time, it'd get down to one original member. Um, so or, it'd, be, it'd be this featuring this band right mm-hmm. yeah and uh, so you do have to watch for that too and then after a while you have no original members at all but they're still using the name mm-hmm. of of the band um so lots of variations uh to that but there's legalities involved with it too yeah there's, there's so, a lot of, um, lot of stuff i don't know if you remember uh there was a a band but it was, it was mostly for for a tv show um, Sha Na Na. I know, yeah, I remember the name, yes. Okay. I so, can't remember. There was, there was a guy, I can't remember his actual name, but his, his character name was Bowser, and he was the bass singer of the group, and he just did the muscle shirt, uh, pompadour, greaser look. Um, but he um, did, a, did a lot of uh, court appearances later on, uh, helping to... Uh, get some of those rules established to get people identified as tribute acts mm-hmm. because Sean Nana was a tribute act. They were just a cover band. Yeah. Um, and, and like I said, it was, it was really f- just for the TV show, mm-hmm. but they <laughs> keep hitting the mic. <laughs> Audio texture. They, they keep, uh, uh, you know, they would still go out and do shows and stuff. Hmm. But they were they didn't do any original music. It was all all just covers, you know. And they were mainly like fifties era, you know. They were singing Earth Angel and and um, 
you know, any of the runaway and, mm. and doing all the, the popular stuff like that. Um, but yeah, he was very uh, much involved in, in helping uh, get legislation through and wanting to make sure that, because people were making money off of, off of the name of a group, just mm. calling themselves whatever. And it's like, well, that's not, there were no original members or, mm. or whatever. And it's like, you, you can't do that. You're not that group, even though you were doing their, their songs. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the, so I thought that was really cool. Yeah, that's really interesting. I, I know a lot of that. Hmm. Well, I feel like we're getting close to time, so All right. uh, I think that's a good spot to, to wrap up here. That Tonight's show was awesome. It turned out real good. Good turnout. Uh, come out to Wildman in Olympia, the Gastro Pub, or go down to Raymond, go to the actual brewery, and see all the mm -hmm. cool stuff going there. Uh, and... You want to plug all your social stuff so people can keep in uh, touch with you? Yeah. So uh, following all the Elvis stuff, you can find me on Facebook, uh, facebook.com slash Elvis Tribute Artist Jason Whited. Uh, that, that last name is W-H-I-T-E-D. We'll put a link to you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, and uh, I just have a personal account on Instagram, but I will promote the Elvis stuff through there. Um you can when I'm not doing the Elvis gig or the day job, um, I, I'm an actor. Uh, you can look me up on IMDb um, or uh, oh gosh, you can probably just Google me. <laughs> oh, I don't <laughs> and, know if you want to do that though. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not on those sites, as far as I know. Uh, but uh, yeah, you can check out some film, some some of my films. Uh, I've got some stuff. Just you can type my name in, like on Amazon. You find um, Dead Faith. That was a pretty good one. Yeah, uh, and that in particular, um, Dead Faith, uh, which we did uh, with my group, Pale Horse Films, uh, that's available uh, for rent or purchase on Amazon, mm -hmm. as well as our series, Capital Murder, um, and a short film, Training Grounds. Um, a little known secret, uh, we actually released Dead Faith and also Training Grounds for free uh, on Facebook. Ah. So the only one you would really have to pay for is, is Capital Murder mm -hmm. on, on Amazon. Um, and and that, that's a good series, too. Thank that you. That a good one. Um, and that, uh, we put a lot of work into that. It's based in we here were, in Olympia. Yeah. Uh, events are... are uh, taking place in the Olympia area and also, um, you know, we involve like Raymond and Aberdeen and, and mm. stuff like that. Some not, not necessarily by name, but there are some locations, uh, that are used. Some are strategically used and meant to be that far away from Olympia. Mm -hmm. Um, other place, other places we just happen to use and we're just, um, if you recognize it, if you, if you, it. Yeah, <laughs> if you, if you know it, you know it. If not, then you don't know any different. Yeah. Um, and I've done some other stuff, too, that you can find on other platforms. But if you check me out on IMDb, you'll see all those and uh, find a way to find your favorite streaming service, hopefully, and, and be able to check those out. Uh, we could sure use the support. Yeah. We'll put a link down in the description for all this stuff. So, again, thank you again for showing up on our, our show here, even though I'm minus two people. <laughs> <laughs> But this is fun. This is very fun, and look forward to working with you again, having you back on. Yeah, thank you. It's been fun, and I uh, look forward to 
the next visit, and we'll see which incarnation of me you get for that. Who had I know? That's, <laughs> there's a broad specter when it comes to that. <laughs> Bye. Per Minute has been presented by Stupid Mythic Forest. New episodes come out on Wednesday at 8 a.m. Don't forget to rate and subscribe so you never miss a thing. Stupid.